Mental health, an issue that's rightfully getting more attention, particularly given the increased isolation we're all experiencing during COVID. This is Ag Mental Health Week, a time for particular focus on mental health in farm communities, although we should be talking about it all the time. My name is Mike Von Massow, and this is the Food Focus Podcast. This week, I have a conversation with Jason Meadows, host of the Ag State of Mind podcast, which focuses on mental health and agriculture. Jason brings an interesting perspective to the issue. He's a farmer, a pharmacist, and someone who has himself struggled with mental health issues. I know you're going to enjoy the conversation. I appreciate your patience. I took a short hiatus to adjust and adapt to online teaching. We're all working in new environments now. We are committed to getting back to bi-weekly episodes. We appreciate you listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. But now, let's go straight to my discussion with Jason. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to to have a chat today. I was really looking forward to this, and, and I think it's particularly important to cover this topic as we are in the middle of Ag Mental Health Week. So thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, I always, I always, I mean, we talked before we started recording, I can chat all night and day about this stuff. So uh, I appreciate the opportunity to come on here and uh, have a chat. So you host a, a podcast called Ag State of Mind, and and it is about mental health and agriculture, which is which is getting more attention all the time, rightfully so. Tell me a little bit about your podcast, what you cover, and why you decided this was an important conversation to have. So I kind of come at it from three different three different angles here. First of all, I'm a healthcare provider. I'm a pharmacist. Um, I'm not a mental I'm not a mental health care provider, but I do deal with people of all kinds of, you know, on all different spectrums of mental health coming into my place of business and we we chat about it and I know for sure and especially I mean I can really talk from experience in my part of the world which is South Central Missouri that mental health is a is a serious problem and it's really something that needs to be addressed in in the rural areas. Second of all, I I am an ag producer. I have a cow calf operation that has been in my family for three. I'm in the th- I'm the third generation. In my little part of it, uh, we run about 150 head of cattle and cut hay off of it. And uh, you know, it's not big, but it's it's also uh, not small either. So it's a it's a it's a significant part of our lives, and it's something that you know we were talking before we recorded how it's a way that I'm raising my children and hopefully able to pass it on to them as part of the fourth generation. And lastly, and maybe most important, is I have dealt with anxiety even depression at times and some of that has stemmed from agriculture from trying to do too much trying to keep up trying to make sure I'm the best and you know kind of got the best of me there for a little while and thankfully I am mending I am getting better every day and I wanted to be able to help other people like me the people I care about are in agriculture because they are me they that's that's the people I want to speak to and I felt I was in a unique position with the way I described earlier uh, of being of 
a totally unique view being coming from coming from healthcare, coming from agriculture, and then also coming from my own unique experience, and then a- able to have conversations with people about these things and what has uh, what kind of solutions they've come to. And that's that's my really the focus. I mean, I, I obviously you know we want to talk about the problems, we want to address the problems, but. I don't like to have a podcast conversation without issuing solutions and, you know, what can we do about it? And that's the focus of the podcast is trying to come up with solutions to what is ailing us. I I was remiss. Tell us where they can find your podcast, uh, because I'm sure that lots of people be interested and, and we will take a minute at the end to talk about what some things that we can do both as people who have mental illness, but also uh, people who are supporting those with mental illness is what we can do. So do some shameless self-promotion here quickly and tell us where we can find you. Yeah, well, like you said, the podcast is called Ag State of Mind, and I I give credit to my wife, Carrie, for that name. She uh, kind of came up with that, and I'm proud that she did and proud that she was able to contribute to this. Um, but yeah, you can find it on any podcast platform, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, I've become a fan more of Spotify because I can access my music and my podcast all in the same spot. So I like that about it. But, uh, you know, anywhere you find podcasts. And then if you're just listening on a a web player, uh, I'm a member of the Global Ag Network, and you can go to Global Ag Network slash Ag State of Mind with Jason Meadows on uh, on your computer and find it there. So there's plenty of places to find it, thankfully. And uh, I try to release episodes every, I don't try, I do. I've been very successful in uh, releasing episodes every Sunday evening. Um, so they are able, you're able to listen to them first thing on Monday morning. Oh, good for you. Yeah. I, I have struggled to make weekly. I go every two weeks, although I've been on hiatus trying to get online learning figured out, but, uh, I found that it was tough on my mental health, frankly, to try and get an episode out every week. So I admire you if you can. I said that to myself when I first started, like, I am only going to do this as long as it doesn't disrupt, you know, my my health, my state of mind, my it's not going to pull too much away from my other obligations and thankfully it hasn't. I have it's been a relatively stress-free thing for me and that's good because if it did cause me significant amount of stress then I feel like I'd be kind of a hypocrite if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's more a part of the problem than of the solution then, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we're hearing more and more about mental health and agriculture and frankly across society. I think we're paying more attention. I'm not entirely sure if the problem has become more acute or if we have just become more in tune with it uh, over time. But is there something about farming generally or farmers specifically that that make them more susceptible to to mental health challenges or are they another member of society who have different challenges and different pressures and we just don't pay as much attention to it so you can kind of come at this from both ways i feel like and yes some the problems the issues that we face in agriculture are a lot of times just totally out of our control, whether it be trade, weather, commodity prices, all those things, you know, they're out of our control a lot of the time. And, you know, that obviously that can cause a lot of stress on an individual. But at the same time, we don't want to 
and I found this, and I've talked to several people at this. We don't want to come off as, hey, we're special. Hey, we, you know, we need to pay attention to us more than somebody else because we are normal parts of society. We are, we're, we're, I mean, we're, we're unique, obviously we're a unique industry, but we do have, you know, we share these problems. And I say that because I want people who are struggling mentally to feel that that is normal. If you know what I mean? I hope that's, I hope that didn't complicate that too much. I know exactly what you mean. You know, this isn't a farm problem. This isn't just a you problem. And we really work hard to destigmatize this if we say, look, this this is universal. It's ubiquitous. And lots of people are facing these issues and we need to find ways to support those who do. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I'm glad you see it that way too, because I think we do ourselves a disservice when we isolate ourselves from society as part of agriculture. And I'm guilty of this. I've been guilty of this in the past, and I'm trying to be less so now because I, I feel like it's important to find common ground as people in agriculture with people outside and you know make this kind of a joint effort to try and bring this all together and make sense of it all because we need, you know, I feel like we're going to need help from the outside to solve these problems. I think you're exactly right. And I think that sometimes the challenge we have in agriculture, I'd be interested to hear what you think of this. One of the challenges we have in agriculture is particularly lately is sort of greater scrutiny, greater criticism of some of the practices we use. And so Sometimes some of the pressure, you talked about climate, you talked about prices, you talked about trade and other policy that can add pressure. I think we're also seeing some some increased pressure or criticism where it, it, the rest of the world is tough on us. Yeah, and that's a big part. I, we talk about that a lot on the podcast too. I, I chat often with people about advocacy for the industry and, you know, opening up that channel of information to, because there are, there's so much false and misleading propaganda on the anti-agriculture side that, yeah, I mean, obviously that makes a huge impact on the stress of of farmers the stress of ranchers because you know, those are our consumers that that are being fed this propaganda and if we have consumers who are against what we are trying to do then we don't have anybody to sell to we don't have anybody to market to and that's obviously a problem and you know so that's going to that just adds another facet to to all of this and being able to be transparent, but also at the same time, not leave ourselves vulnerable to attack. It's a sticky situation. And I don't have any real clear cut sol yeah, yeah. solution other than, you know, try to do your best to be transparent as possible and talk to people, normal people, talk to people that aren't involved in agriculture about what you do on the farm. And you know, keep that grassroots level of communication open and make sure, you know, make sure those people know. And if that happens enough, I think that's a great way to combat the false information that goes on out there and limit the stress from that. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I think, and to a significant degree, it has to be a conversation. You know, we have to listen and say, what are your concerns? And we have to say, here's what we're doing and why we're doing them. Sure. And that exchange of information, I think, demystifies it to a significant degree as well and eases the pressure of difference, of differentness, 
we can find this common ground, I think, is is really important. One thing I've often wondered, particularly about, I was talking to a farmer not long ago, and, and she said, this whole COVID thing is pretty straightforward for us. We've been social distancing for hundreds of years. Do you think sometimes that there's not as broad a support network for people in rural areas? You know, some farming work is very lonely work. Do you think that that contributes? Yeah, no, I do. And um, I'll take it a step further in that we, like you said, you celebrate that independence, that isolated lifestyle. And don't get me wrong, that is very important to the farming lifestyle, but it's kind of a W you kind of, I think you're kind of signaling that in this way that it's a double-edged sword because it can be a hindrance as well. Because when we want to reach out for help or not, not when we want, we don't want to, that's the problem. We feel, we feel like that makes us weak or what feels like we are not as good as someone else. And there is this problem with that, that we don't want to be seen as less than, we don't want to be seen as weak. So therefore, we just bottle this stuff up inside. And we've been taught to do that. We've been encouraged to do that. And, you know, there's so much isolation um, that it doesn't always lend well to outside help. So that's almost like a, it's a mindset change when you start telling people to reach out when they're, when they're struggling. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and we're hearing a lot sort of in COVID times now about more isolation, more distance between people that, and more mental health issues that go with it. And I, I imagine that, you know, to a degree, the coffee shop isn't as easy to access and, and sort of those social networks that farm manager farmers have are even weaker than they've been before. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for instance, I know a lot of people in farm country who aren't having football games this this fall. And thankfully here in Missouri, we are and we're seeing people, but I know like I know the states around us, they aren't having their football games. And that's a that's a community event, especially these small towns, small farming towns, where they get together and see each other at the local football games. And that's not happening. And that's a problem, you know, because they don't get that, you know, they're they're isolated anyway. And then, you know, that's maybe their one time where they get out and see people and then that's taken away from them. And then, you know, shoot, what do we do now? That's, and it's, it's, it's kind of has this snowball effect. Those social interactions. I joke, uh, sometimes I do a lot of media interviews uh, and I've done lots because I talk about food supply chains and, and, and why we ran out of some things and those sorts of things. I joke with reporters that they're my social life now. I, I have these <laughs> video chats with people because, you know, my kids are older. There's not the hockey rink and those sorts of things to do anymore. But but to a significant degree, those networks, those those informal networks, those connections that help us recharge our batteries uh, and, and, you know, maybe let friends say, oh, are you sure you're okay? That, that those contact points uh, have been diminished. And so we need to pay even more attention than usual. Right. No, totally agree. I totally agree. I wanted to uh, follow up on your earlier point where you talked about some solutions. So mm -hmm. let's take the last few minutes that we have together here and talk a little bit about if I'm a farmer or even if I'm not, what are some things that I can be thinking about personally for self-care to make sure that I do as well as I can 
and try and prevent something from becoming acute. If I become acute, then reaching out for help is important. But what are some things that we can do as individuals for self-care? So, so much of being in agriculture, farming is, we've mentioned this earlier, it's a lot of lonely time. It's a lot of time in a cab, in a truck, in wherever. And I think and something uh, my friend Adrian DeSutter, she talks about this a lot, and it's taking a break. Whatever a break looks like for you, it can be five minutes, it can be five hours, it can be, I mean, shoot, five days if it needs to be. But being able to take a break and step away from something that might be causing you some, some stress and maybe taking some time to collect your thoughts and you have this internal dialogue anyway, whether you you recognize it or not. And that internal dialogue can really take you into some dark places. And it's important, first of all, for you yourself to recognize your internal dialogue and recognize the thoughts that you're thinking to yourself. And if they are continually negative, if you're saying those, you know, kind of nasty things to yourself, I think it's important that you share that with somebody and you will be surprised that the number of people that will help you out and will talk you through something if you're having a rough time. I can tell you that from personal experience when I've struggled and been under some stress and my own personal dialogue goes south and goes into the gutter sometimes. And uh, when I'm able to reach out to someone who is a friend and who understands then it kind of lifts that burden off you. And, and I've talked to this about, about this to a lot of people too, is sometimes just the talking about it, sometimes just the letting it out is almost as therapeutic as the actual advice or help itself. Exactly. So, I mean, just talking about it is such a relief. That's excellent. I, I think that's exactly what I was expecting you to say. And recognizing when things are going a little bit off the rails, as you say, take a break, take a reflection. And if you're struggling to get out of that sort of spiral or that rut, ask for help. You'll be surprised at how many people experience the exact same thing and how much empathy there is in the world yeah. to support you from people that care about you. Yeah. You took out the word right out of my mouth, empathy. Yeah, I, I think I think it's there. I think we forget about it. You know, one of the things that I find is sometimes taking a step away from the news and taking a step away from from even from social media, because those get very polarized and very back and forth very quickly, and it becomes our reality to a significant degree. Yeah, and again, stepping back and saying, "No, where are we really at here?" makes a big difference. Couldn't agree more. The last thing I wanted to ask you about is maybe this is leaning a little bit more to the first point you made. As individuals, what should we be watching for in friends, in family, in people in our network? How do we identify people that we can sort of engage even if they're not asking? What should we do? And what can we do to support those people around us who may be struggling? As far as recognizing, the main thing I always say is any deviation from normal. If, you know, they're not talking as much, um, if they're a friend on social media, if they're maybe uh, not posting as much, uh, if you see them out and they just kind of seem off and um, just 
ask, you know, ask the question. And you know what? Maybe, maybe they don't, maybe they tell you everything's fine. But if, if you still, if, if they keep kind of keep this same kind of attitude up, same kind of almost seeming negative to you, keep asking the question because you never know when they're just going to let out and you're never going to know when that time they needed you. So even if it does seem like you're a burden to them by asking them, I don't think you can ever ask too much if someone's okay. Again, it kind of sometimes can make us uncomfortable to keep asking and keep asking. But um, if, if someone seems off to you, then you you need to let them know that you're there for them. Yeah, exactly right. It's interesting that you made the point about social media uh, because I've noticed a couple of times, friends, you know, they stop posting or they're quieter and just sending them a quick message, you know, I haven't seen you around or I haven't seen you talking, you know, we don't get a chance to see each other, like you say, at the football game or, or whatever, just saying all good. Just hearing that outreach from someone, it can be profoundly powerful and just sort of letting out some steam. And even if they don't know, like even if they're, everything is okay, they know that you're asking and they know that you're paying attention. So that, I mean, that's, that's kind of half the battle there, right? Is knowing that there is someone who actually cares, right? So, yeah. I mean, it could be nothing wrong at all, but maybe there is one of these days where something is wrong and you need to reach out to somebody and you know, they're the person you need to reach out to. Yeah, exactly right. Well, Jason, I've taken about the amount of time that I promised I would take. I'm going to give you one last opportunity to say, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you thought is a point worth making? And then I will let you get back to the kids that you've kept remarkably quiet in the background, <laughs> because that's also an important part of self-care is, is that family time. Yeah, it's just the family time you write is absolutely one of the most important things to me. That's my perspective around that has changed so much. And being an active father in my home, you know, my dad was a great father. He was in every, he was at every sporting event at everything I had when I was growing up. But, you know, I know there were there were a lot of times where he was gone a lot to working at a sale barn and working in what doing whatever he had to do, you know, trying to make his own business grow and, and whatever. There were a lot of times where I was at home without the dad when I needed him. And I want to be one better than that for my kids. And that's a super important part. Involving your kids, being so we so much of this generation is removed from fatherhood. It's like they're raised by the moms at home and the, the father's off. And taking that active role as a father to be totally involved in the rearing of a child is is super important because that's how they learn. They get to learn from both sides that way. And I find that to be incredibly important. Well, thank you very much for taking the time, Jason. I, You and I could chat, I think, for hours on this. We could, yeah. And on cows too. So thanks for taking the time. Sure. And I look forward to chatting again. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to come on here tonight and chat with you. It was a lot of fun. As we wrap up another episode, I want to take a moment to thank Max Graham. We get to have the interesting discussions, and he does the hard work to make us sound good. I also want to thank Zach Von Masso for the original music that we use in the podcast. Check out foodfocusguelph.ca. We have a blog that is updated regularly, and our Food Focus trend report as well. 
You can contact us through the website or at foodfocus at uoguelph.ca if you have any questions or suggestions. We appreciate our audience and your recommendation. It helps us grow. If you are so inclined, give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Reviews move us up the ladder and help others find us. That's it for now. Thanks again for listening and stay in touch.